Wow, what's poppin'? We back with another Wolves Den. We got Tanya from the Apex Podcast. All right, she about to take it all over. She got a 44 hoodie on. We about to thug it out. You already know that's how we do up in here. We thug it out anyway. We got the fam off in the chat. It's going to be a moment. Me and Tanya going to chop it up a little bit, and then we're going to hand the mics over to the fam so they can ask questions. How you doing, Queen? I am doing so good. Today has been a crazy, wacky day. But you know what? You take it all in stride. Sometimes you got to take it minute by minute, hour by hour, sometimes second by second. But as long as you get Thanks. through it, the good thing about a day is that there's only 24 hours in it. Okay. So if it's a crap one, you get to start over the next day, right? Facts. Me and me and Patrick was just talking about something similar. So that's big facts. So, you know, we're about to get into some spicy topics. We had some conversations on F1 Minute. Things got nice and, and excited, so we about to bring in bring in some things. But first, we're going to go ahead and talk about – well, let's talk about Ferrari for a second. It seems like Ferrari is about to put all their fans on hold until 2026 with this supposed long talk plan in the making game. You know, they've, they've tumbled, uh -huh. and it seems like nothing is going – it seems like they're already kind of pre-prompting their fans to know that it's going to be a rough next couple of years. So do you feel that it's going to be like that for Ferrari or do you feel like maybe they bounce back a little bit sooner than 2026? I mean, Damn. I feel like they have. It got us. They playing, they playing, they trying to get on Tanya's bad side. They trying to get on Tanya's bad side, y'all. Y'all y'all going to see Tanya go crazy. Watch y'all going to see a flip out. Watch. Watch. <laughs> You good. You good. Am I back? Okay. Yeah, you good. See, look, no, that look, when you talking about Ferrari, Ferrari to come in. They, they, like, they mess everything up. You can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I feel about Ferrari is you have to do what you have to do. And okay. they know that they're having a bad time. And you know, sometimes you just have to be honest with people and be like, look, this is not working. You know we messed up. There's a lot of things internally that are going on. We're not <clears> gonna share it with you. And um we just have to take a second and regroup. So honesty, transparency, well, half transparency because they're not telling us what's going on exactly. But at least right. they're letting us know um, ahead of time that there are some rough roads ahead. This year, um, with all of the technology that was supposed to come out, how Ferrari looked in the very beginning of the season, people thought, like, people thought, like, oh, my gosh, this is it. You know, Ferrari's going to catch up to Red Bull, and Ferrari's going to be fighting. Uh, well, Mercedes is going to catch up to Red Bull, and Ferrari's going to be fighting. And it's going to be all these podiums from all of these drivers, and none of it has transpired like that. And I don't think it's just Ferrari. I think that it's other teams, too, including Mercedes. Okay. But they're not okay. going to admit it, though. Yeah, you know what? But I had always said – I never I never thought Ferrari came out swinging. I thought Ferrari came out already stumbling and tripping and falling over the 2022. They came in with, like, a 2022 hangover to me. I kept telling people, like, Mercedes is not <laughs> the worst see? team. Like, y'all are not really paying attention. I understand Mercedes got some problems, but Ferrari not looking so hot. And everybody was big on the train about Lewis going to Ferrari, and I was like, hell no, nah, he'd be doing Ferrari the favor. And now you see. So, you know, it's a lot of Ferrari fans out there that's pissed off and upset, but I had told y'all that shakedown probably was going to be the best thing y'all would see all year, and I really didn't care. If they fumbled that up. Like, so. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did. They couldn't even do that but, right. I mean, they were Mercedes last year, you know, when mm. they came out. And they were like, is this even the real car? Yeah, yeah, it is. And then it really wasn't. You're like, what the heck? Trying, right. They were too busy trying to conceal things that they needed to actually be on that track, trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. 
But like with Ferrari, like strategy and stuff, they have the drivers. I believe in Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. I really do. As drivers, it's just, I think it's the structure of Ferrari that they're having all of these issues. And what what do you mean by structure? Let's 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 be more specific. Let's put an address on it. When you okay, say the structure so, of Ferrari, what do you mean? Okay, the people that they appoint, all right, the people that they appoint, and the positions in which they appoint them, i.e., strategy, i.e., um, uh, what is what else was I going to say? Strategy, and then also the ways that the cars are developed. And then they like, get into like these inner squabbles too, like certain into this person. And it's just too mm. much drama. Gotcha. You know, there's no cohesiveness. One gotcha. thing that I did pride Mercedes on, especially reading through the reports uh, that were made about the Mercedes team in Total Wolf, is that they had that no blame culture. They felt like if there was an issue, you know, we all have to arrive at how to fix the issue. And if you know what the issue is and you don't point it out, like, that's when you get in trouble. Right. I don't think that Ferrari runs that way. You know, Red Bull is like, you know, the iron fist. And right. if you don't cut it, then you're, you know, you're fired. You're getting basically. cut. Right. <laughs> but Ferrari, yeah, I think they're like, oh, we have to maintain all of this prestige. We have to, you know, we can't let everybody know that and all these, all this drama and thing like things like that but it does come out it shows in when they race how they're not together okay so they're not together well, do fact, you, you know they're not together they, they are, are not together place. no they're not together I, i've been <laughs> said it. I, I said it since the beginning of the season i said ferrari gave fred Vassor gas station ingredients and told him to make beef wellington i've always said that like he's it's almost comparable to when a nfl coach comes in when a team is in rebuild they give the coach that the star quarterback doesn't want to be there. They then they done shipped off that star receiver. Fred? Yeah, I no, no, no. I don't think it's Fred. I think Fred, if they I think it would have been horrible for them to cut Fred short because they didn't really give him time for one, and he doesn't have everything that he should in order to show them what his impact could be on Ferrari. So I would have been really disappointed had Ferrari left Fred out to hang and just again, because they're one of the worst teams when it comes to team principles. And I thought, I think it, Fred came into an unfair situation, although an opportunity is still an unfair situation. Your number one driver really isn't completely happy in Charles. Uh, your number two, you know, you'd already had a couple of changes in, in the past few seasons. Then uh, Bernardo, he's out. You got Fred coming in and everybody feels pretty solid about Fred and, and his philosophy and his relationship with Charles. But Ferrari themselves, like you said, as an organization, don't have it together, right? They have a, a, a like, my shit don't stink mentality. And even if it does, I'm going to put a bunch of powdered sugar on it. And hopefully you think it's a powdered donut. And that's the type of yeah. situation Ferrari does. And they need to get out of that. So, yeah, I'm I'm, all, I'm on board with you fully, fully. On, I just don't, I don't. Yeah, and we from talked the top about, down. Right. We talked about Charles not having a lot of options. And I think his options come because teams have kind of settled in pretty good places. McLaren have landed in a good spot after they won their child custody dispute case with Oscar Piastri and they got Lando. So they happy right there. You know what I'm saying? And then you got Perez, even though he's out 2024, does he resign? Does he do an extension? And Red Bull is, are not the team to really want to bring somebody that's going to be highly competitive next to Max. They want to cuddle to his personality. His ego is very fragile. All right. We saw the pressure, how pressure affects Max when he's really in the midst of it. He's a front runner. I'm not saying he's not a good driver, 
driver, but he's a front runner and he doesn't handle pressure well. So then you got Aston Martin. Aston Martin just they they're full of nepotism when it comes to Lance Stroll. He's gonna have this seat whether he performs or not. So you're really looking at Alonzo and does Lawrence want to bring somebody in like Charles and does Charles feel like Aston Martin at some point in time are really going to hit a stride where it could be beneficial? And that to me, that just seems like robbing Peter to pay Paul going to Aston Martin, leave a Ferrari. I don't really think you really in a better situation, kind of like jumping out boiling water into a frying pan. So outside of that, you're talking about Mercedes and Toto Wolf is brought Russell in and Russell is going to have his opportunity. And although Charles seems like a driver that might be good next to Lewis Hamilton, because I think honestly, his character and his his perspective is a little bit more trusting than Russell, because I think people are pretty tired of Russell in his in his shade and this late statement about Lewis saved his career. You know, that shit was some shade. I don't care what nobody say. That was some undertone shade. So he's kind of he's in the situation he's going to have to take right now, because I'm not going to even damn Charles. We're talking about Haas, talking about Williams, talking about Alpine. I'm not I'm not Alpha Tar. I'm not going I'm not going to even put him in that category because he's a better driver than that. But it's a rough spot. It's a rough spot for all of the drivers. And Perez, I just want to touch on him for a moment because, you know, since the summer break, I have went back and I watched Drive to Survive. And I was, I was just watching um, more like I did. Look, and don't come for me in the comments. Yes, I watch it. But I watch it because they really do. If you go back and watch it, watch some of the previous episodes, how – um, Christian Horner is talking about Checo and when he, man, qualifying in Monaco, when he totally messed that up and the sides crashed into him, yo, they, they were pissed, all right? Right. So I was just looking at what him and Helmut Marker were saying when that happened compared to this year. So right. if that's what they were saying back then, I can only imagine what they're talking about now. It's now. like, I just hope, you know, the Mexican, I hope he has a seat next year. I mean, I don't know who they would even give it to, but I just hope that he has a seat next year. I think that McLaren, they got lucky with um, some of the upgrades that they did to their car. Good for them because it was really rough for to, to, to be a McLaren. Lando Norris was definitely feeling it. Oscar Piastri, like you said, you know, he had <laughs> after everything that had to really prove, hey, am I really worth being in this second seat? And I think that so far that he has. Um, but when it comes to Lewis and am I back? Am I back? You're good. Okay. You're good. So George Russell, I feel like, you know, he does compliment Mercedes, but he's been a yeah. part of Mercedes for so long already. Um, right. but Lewis, oh gosh, I just feel like I don't think that he is he's we're just so used to Lewis winning. We're so used okay. to Lewis, you know, competing for podiums. And I think that is still – that's really messing with Lewis. It is. I know mm. it's messing with his head because he's a champion. He's a winner. And he does not have the car underneath him to be able to even compete. Facts. I mean, get, getting in and out that car, being 30, and his leg tougher for him. Every time he doesn't um, perform the way that he wants to. I mean, that's just the truth. Alonzo, I think that he's happy where he is. Yeah. I think that Daddy Stroll, and yes, I'm going to call him Daddy Stroll. Don't y'all be hating. He's Daddy <laughs> Stroll. Daddy Stroll. <laughs> Daddy Stroll is not going to let go of his son as long no. as he's at the helm of the ship. And 
Fernando Alonso, he's very well respected in Formula One. So I feel like he does have a seat there until he's like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. And then he could go ahead and move on. Um, I am really happy for Alex Arbon. I really felt like he had brought Williams um, up yeah. as far as he can. Um, and I think that he needs to be commended for that, Alex, from where he started his career to where he is now. Homeboy has had some serious ups and downs, Hell like yeah. kicked out, thrown out, came back. Oh, now we're going to put you in the bottom tier of the team. And he has gnawed and clawed his way back right. respectfully to at least being noticed on the grid. I'm still disappointed about Nico Hulkenberg. Listen, I have a mm. prediction. Don't be hating. What's I have up? a prediction that he was going to get on the podium this year. I really wanted him. Wishful thinking, my friend. Wishful <laughs> thinking. I can have that. Give me that one time. So I really thought that he was going to be on the podium, right? Just right. One time in his career. So then we could just knock that X out of the box. Okay. Okay. The longest driver in Formula One. History. I don't like that for him. Okay. I didn't like that hair either, but you know. Yeah, yeah, he was capping. Why he just couldn't keep keep it real? It was all about the Ken and Barbie shit. You want to talk about talking about? I listen when you say I really didn't play with Barbies. Then you played with Barbies, bro. <laughs> you did, <laughs> right, or you right. didn't. When you that. say I really didn't, that means you did a small percentage of the time, bro. Stop capping. He's a Ken doll. <laughs> He's a Ken doll. Totally right. get it. Because nobody can rock their hair, different hair. Like okay, Lewis and Alex. Alex I was about to say Alex. Anything. And so can Lewis. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But Nico, Nico, I'm like, mm, okay, bro, I see you. I see you. Right. But, you know, he'll always be have a special place in my heart because each and every one of the Wolf Pack, they do have a special place in my heart. Lewis Hamilton, okay. of course, hey, he's always number one to me. Okay. But I so love Nico Hulkenberg because he reminds me of Val Kilmer and Top Gun. And Top Gun is like Yo, one of my most favorite. That's my ever. shit. I'm talking about the OG one. No, Before that, I got like the Ice VHS. Man. Don't play with me. I'm serious. He looks like Iceman. That's who he needs I'll give you for that. Halloween. And if he's Iceman for Halloween, I'm He's like, winning that contest, huh? He was listening to the show. Okay. Listen to the show. So let me ask you this, because you said they all got a place in your heart, even Max. Even Max. Tell me how Max. so. And I will say, I'll tell you, because he was the one who really challenged Lewis. 2021? Yes. In 2021, Thanks. he challenged him. And um, that made for exciting racing. Everybody everybody was on the edge of their seat. That was an yeah, epic season. Tied. So they fucked it Every up. Every season. But like when they were tied, that was like like yeah. mind-blowing moment. And like low-key, so like Master, because Master Staffing, he's a bit of a bully. We all know that, right? But when him and Al and um not Alex Arbon, Esteban Ocon, <laughs> when they got into it when they were being weighed, it's like, yo, that is typical locker room stuff that took me back to high school. So okay, okay. each one of them, they really do. They, they okay. have they have a I can I can ride with that because twenty twenty one was an epic season for me. I was really I was really enjoying it until I wasn't. And you know, all the scandal, scandalous shit happened. And when all the scandalous shit happened, I they just lost me. You know, I, I felt bad because they, I felt like they ruined such an epic season with the bullshit. That season was going to be, regardless of who won it, I understand, like, you can have your discrepancies about Max and the bullshit he did and how the type of driver he was, but they really yeah. ruined it with the unfairness and the cheating and, and the whole manufactured championship because that, that, that right there killed it. It tainted it all. And I really was... 
I was really one of those people that was saying like Max is next up and they just manufactured it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel you on that. I feel right. you on that. So let me, let me, you know what, there's something yeah. I want to talk to you. Cause I'm, I'm glad I got you on uh, a very strong, powerful woman, somebody who's very active in building her platform, very competitive in her lane. You know, you're doing everything. Snapchat. How you feel about Danica <laughs> Patrick talk, talking about y'all don't have the mind state to be, to be great. Y'all don't, y'all don't have what it takes as women to really be good. That's what, that's what she said. Now I, I talked about this on the show and it says right here, it says at the end of the day, I think that the nature of the sport is masculine, which, okay, whatever it's aggressive. It is. You have to know, handle the car, not only just the car, because that's a skill, which a woman or man could possess. But this, this sentence right here is what got me, but the mindset that it takes to be really good is something that's not normal in the feminine mind in a female mind. When she said that shit, I don't know how she really wanted it to come across, but that shit didn't come across well to me. So you as a woman, how do you feel about it? <laughs> Shake that. I got you. Get that. Dust that. Dust off them your off. Shoulder. Right. So, so I can only speak from my perspective okay. as a black woman and I'm trying to give Danica Patrick the benefit of the doubt because that woman okay. went through hell okay in her racing career um she did thank you she did and there are so many things that we that so many things that we did see and there's so many things that we did not see true but when someone wants to achieve something bad enough they will pull out all the stops in order to do it Rebel. Whether they're male or female, mm -hmm. they said, and they have doubted us so much as people. And I just want to talk about like me and my people. You know, they said that about Tuskegee Airmen. They can, they, they can fly certain type of flights, but they cannot fly in combat. They there you go. You know, they said that, you know, about, about black women, you know, we're good as maids, but we'll never be good as anything else. And now yeah, you, we are the number one emerging sector for entrepreneurship today. Right. Okay. Well, but I do. All right. And I'm going to say something controversial. I do kind of understand what she's saying because sometimes when, okay, as a woman, when you walk into a room um, and especially when it's a whole bunch of men, they expect you to be soft. They expect you to be this flower. You can't always be the flower. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have to tap into that, what they call masculine energy to be a bit more assertive, to, to say exactly what needs to be said to get the job done. So, I, however, I don't totally agree with what she says, but I do understand that there is a way of, and also it's like just being a black person, having to deal in different work environments, co-switching. Like the way that I'm speaking to you on the on the show would not be the way that tomorrow morning when I get up, when I'm a dental hygienist, I speak to my patient. There you go. It's just not going to happen that way. So there are in certain instances and points in time where, yes, you have to dig in deep. And trust me, if you're going to be racing a whole bunch of men, <laughs> you can't say, oh, I'm just going to let Max pass. No, you got to be ready to slam Max, you know, hold the line to Max, just like Lewis did in Silverstone. And it is what it is, my friend. You right. know, but when you're a woman doing that to a guy, it comes off as being what? You already know there's a double standard with that whole concept. 
that I don't even agree with, but you're right. You're right about that. <clears throat> Definitely. Where you at? I'm here. I oh, yeah, go ahead. Out. I don't know why. I keep cutting it's, out. It's, that's how, they're going to try to get us, but you keep, stay strong. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but so in that certain way and instance, I do kind of understand what she's saying. Um, and another thing about that I wanted to add to that would be um, the formation of the W Series and also the F1 Academy as a whole. Deep down inside, I really still feel like there's people in Formula One that that feel that way, that feel like men and women should be separated. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Well, I do know why, okay? Because there are some some people, some men with some egos that are like, yo, if a girl there has you go. to get on the podium on second and third and she's on first step. like They're going to they they have an emotional breakdown. They need yeah, therapy. Yeah, they are. Because when we were growing up, I hate to say it, Okay, you got beat by a girl. Everybody, ooh, ooh. You got beat by a girl. <laughs> but see, yeah, but see, right. times are changing now. You know, as we enter into this workforce, as we continue to break glass ceilings, and Formula One, you know, it, it's hard because they're having a hard time catching up. They'll give us some things, but they don't want to give yeah. us everything. No, no, we, we, we can't give them everything. Right, you know, because if we give them everything, then who's to say they might have to? They might take over. Shit, sound like then, something. You else. know, Susie Wolf might be the head of everything. Mmm, ain't nothing wrong so, with that. I don't know. So what are right. you like? Okay. So now that I said what I said, and now let's revisit the statement. What do okay. you think now? Okay. What I think is, I definitely respect and agree with the points that you made. I would only add to it. I actually don't have a rebuttal or anything to contest what you said, because the whole point of me asking you and what I love about our conversation is, is to have the representation of you for women making those statements. Cause I can make them, but still I think for us to have the conversation as male and female, as man and woman, it's, it's much more strong. It's stronger, right? Because there are yeah. going to be some perspectives that me growing up as a boy and as a, as a male, I was conditioned not to really see clear from a certain vantage point. So that's why I would have to defer to you as the woman and right. look at your, and hear your perspective and then be like, okay, well maybe I do need to kind of reclock and then kind of rethink. So I totally get what you're saying, but my thing that I would add to that is that I, I've often watched, and I've said this before in F1 minute, I've watched young females and males together at ages, let's say, five to six. Oftentimes I see in that group, the females are more aggressive as well as aware, as well as more cunning. What I think happens as they come up getting older is more of mental conditioning of be softer, be more listening, be more of the companion side partnership type thing and support your so-called king. And I think that mental conditioning kind of clouds what they already had naturally to be aggressive in the playground or in the sandbox or when they're riding bikes or when they're doing skateboards and they're doing all of these things and then they kind of get conditioned like well girls are not supposed to be out there being rowdy and that's what happens so i don't think her statement in saying that women don't have the mindset what it takes to be good i think if she did misspeak then yes she could have used 
aggressive if she wanted to say that. But even then, then what do you say to Clarissa Shields? Is she not aggressive? Mm -hmm. Right. She's aggressive. What do you say to the Williams sisters? They're not aggressive. What do you say? I'm just saying, what do you say? What what do you say to the four sisters that's in the narrow circuit running it up? What do you say to them? You know, is they not aggressive? What do you say to what do you, what do you say to damn Jamie Chadwick? What do you say to Sonya Slides? What do you say to Amber Ballclean? What do you say to all of these women that are highly competitive? What do you say to Jackie Joyner? What do you say to all of these women that took the mindset that they had to race, had to compete? They have the mindset to be great. So I I will say that if she meant aggressive, I don't even know if I could say that, but I think right now Danica talking on how speaking how she spoke opened the lane kind of like Trump did for a lot of people to think that it was okay to be openly racist like it was a pair of pants and like yeah we it's okay for us to be racist in this culture when really it's not it's a very divisive thing and so now you got people coming in the comment section like oh well women aren't really fighter pilots why didn't I follow fighter pilots they 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 got classified. They did all the training. They trained next to their male counterparts, and they literally pilot fighter jets. They're a fighter pilot, but now they're trying to discount them. Like, oh yeah, she's right. There's really no women fighter pilot. That's bullshit. So, Wait, who really, said there's no women fighter pilots? Yo, yo, in my last, if you go on my last live, I even I started to go in on it, and a dude said there aren't any real women fighter pilots, and I started to go in, but I said I'm not gonna do it. And it's things like that when somebody like Danica speaks up and you already look at her as a female representative and as a female representative, she says something counterproductive to the females being progressive. Then people who already felt the way that they wanted to knock the woman down now feel more empowered to do so because they feel like they got the right away from somebody who should have been an advocate for women being progressive. So that's how I felt. Okay. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, Gentlemen, uh, with Fire Pilot, you are completely wrong. Okay. Thank you. I'm taking my son to the Blue Angels, and there will be a woman who is actually um, a pilot for the Blue Angels. She is. She will be, dry, she will be fine. So I'm a Navy uh, man. Damn right. Damn yes. right. Yeah. Oh, that's what are. I'm saying. Yeah. Nice. Damn right. That's my what I'm saying. Too. <laughs> yeah. So no, that that that's that's wrong. wrong. And as far as uh, I mean, you could just take it even back to to, to sharpshooters if you if you really want to talk about it. Um, there are more women sharpshooters that have a better track record than men in the military. So, yeah. Just drink some water to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't I don't know if she misspoke. I guess the only person who knows is that she misspoke or were her words taken out of context is, is Danica, really. Um, oh, true. I, I would hope and I would only wish that maybe somebody can go back and revisit Ask her on a different day where she mm. really had time to process it. Because I also think, too, like when you're being interviewed like that, they you can say something a little off kilter and they'll be like, what? What'd you say? So I just want to hear her say it again. She says it again and doubles down on it. I'm like, oh, OK. Totally right. Get it now. Then we get it. Okay, so I got I got something. I got yeah. something. We're going to let the fam ask you questions. Mary Beanie got her first question, so we're going to let her go. Mary Beanie, unmute yourself. I'm going to lower your hand. Yeah, hi, hi Tonya. Hi, Tonya. Hi. Yeah. Well, I've been a big Lewis fan since 2006. So, uh, my question, and it's kind of a loaded question, Tonya, but before I, before I say it to you, Danica Patrick 
disrespected all women in general. And she's got a governor and she needs to keep it shut. I'm sorry. She does. <laughs> I'm sorry. I that love time, her. I love it. That time when she agreed with basically what Nico Rosberg says about Lewis on any driven Monday, I was done with her. Like, I don't even know why Sky need to get rid of other pundits and get new ones in. Mm. What so what's your question? We love her. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Huh. No, 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 why? Tell me, Mary, why? Because I feel Naomi was sort of fresh and new when she came in, and now it seems like she's just conditioned. Like, she's been mm. told what to say, what to do, blah, blah, blah. She's changed. I've mm. noticed that. She's changed. She's not the same person. Mm. You don't see that fire in her eye? Mm-mm. Nah. The fires went out. It said. So what? What? What was your loaded question, Mary? Yeah, mine's was I asked us to the box box course That's today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Have you? If you had the power to change mm-hmm. one thing in F one, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Nice one, Mary. Have, Go ahead, mute have yourself more, real quick. Have more people. Oh. I, I can't even get out of my mouth fast enough. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> have more people of color in upper management. Mm. Damn. It's that because simple. I still think, yes. I mean, no, it's not that simple. Simply said, <laughs> but not, not simply done. Simple. No, absolutely not. But have more people of color in those management positions because that's when your things change when Formula One looks like the world that it quote unquote is supposed to represent. Big facts, big facts. That's big facts. And that's, that's, that's not even just a problem in Formula One. We can go to a lot of other sports and see that same dynamic happening throughout sports and see this same conversation, whether you are going to football, basketball, like you can see these same conversations and if you're seeing it all over, then it should be a problem that should be widely recognized and something that should be widely worked on. But very good one right there. Will Harris is coming on. I know he's about to come with a load. Uh, Will, go ahead, man. Unmute yourself. I'm going to load your hand. All right. Good evening, everybody. Hi. Good evening. How are you? Where are you calling from? Doing okay. Calling from New Jersey right now. So oh, not too far from me. About six hours away. Okay. Yep, so, train ride. <laughs> so I wanted to just uh, take a question, divert it away from some of the Formula One stuff. Uh, normally when we have some guests on, I usually try to do like a little bit of a softball question, something that's a little more um, personal to the person that's um, that's calling in. So I've done some work down about maybe 10 years ago in the Virginia Beach area and uh, worked at Fort Story for a little bit for the Army Reserves. And when I would stay at the Hilton right there on the beach, they would do sometimes like these uh, helicopter dives late at night, the Navy, and they would be like plunging into the ocean and all that kind of stuff. So my question to you is this, what's your experiences with scuba diving? If you could just kind of delve into, into that and uh, kind of interested to see what your take was on that. Mm, let's go. On diving. Yeah, so, scuba diving. Um, <laughs> well, fact, which you probably don't know about me, is that I am a diver. Certified. Almost. Okay. Almost. 
We were supposed to be certified off of St. Lucia, the island of St. Lucia, but the water was too choppy to do our last dive for me to be become quote okay. unquote certified, patty certified. Um, I did a dive Maui. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about Lahaina because <laughs> that's where we were. Um, and and my heart really does go out to the people of Hawaii, and I hope that um, they can rebuild. And my prayers go out to all of those who lost right. their homes, loved ones, uh, dogs, cats, all that stuff. Um, but yes, I I do. I love it. Um, I didn't do. I haven't done any dives in the United States, but I do respect the military so much. I know that you're talking about. Um, some of the 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 um, divers jumping off into the water. We do have jet noise. We love jet noise here. Mm -hmm. um, so huge shout out to um, Fort Story, which I know that place very well. My ex husband was in the army, and when I met him, oh shit, um, yep. And so yeah, love diving, love military, love jets, and I hope I answer, answer your question. And F one, okay. Why and you F1. like diving? I, I'm going I'm to come on top of um, Will's question. Why do you like diving? So, okay. First of all, when you dive, you are being put into some, another element that the human body is, is trained to walk. It is trained to breathe air. So when you go underneath that water, you are so, you show reverence to the sea life that's there. You show reverence to, um, Well, you feel like you in like another world. That's what it is. You, 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 you should, you probably was in an avatar movie. The tank. Can you hear me? Yeah. And also it is so relaxing. I don't know if you've ever done it before. Yeah, I have. Uh, well, yeah. But breathing in that hundred percent oxygen just relaxes you. Except for the lionfish. Now that scared me. Okay. Because they're really poisonous. And we were in St. Lucia and I was like diving and I'm just going throughout like, you know, the ocean and stuff. And I'm like, is that a lionfish just perched right there? Oh my gosh. If that <laughs> thing touches me, I'm going to die. Um, and then also seeing like when I was in Hawaii, we got to see these humongous like sea turtles, man. They're the size mm. of like Volkswagen beetles. They were, and we got to listen to whales. Oh, that's so cool got shit. Close. And then I was like this. <laughs> They were going back up. Sorry. But um it's it's I think that I think that a lot of people should experience that because often when we're on land walking around, everything has to get out of our way. An ant mm. has to get out of our way. A dog has to get out of our way. Some people have to get out of our way. But when you're in the ocean and you're diving, I wish you would tell a shark to get out of your way. Right. Right. <laughs> that's that's a that I like that. That's a very good perspective right there. I like that one. How you summed that one up. That was real nice. You put a bow on that because that's really that's that's factual. When you down there, your what do you call your your seniority changes. You know what I'm saying. Your oh, your authority yeah. changes a lot. You know what I'm saying. It, it does not feel the same. Like there's no you pushing nothing around. You trying to get around and not be in the way. So that that is, right. a, that is a very good point. That is exactly how it feels too. And you on the watch like mug, your head's on the swivel, right? You <laughs> always is. feel like something might be coming up from behind you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man. Um, one dive, I think it was Maui. There was a squid and there was this, and of course they had a photographer down there taking pictures of us. 
and the squid was like all like tentacles was all over this lady's like face and stuff. And I was just, we were just in shock and awe. And then within a split second, it just went poof off and it did this like little ink. So you couldn't see where it went, but it right. moved so fast. I was like, oh my gosh, how can something in the water move that fast? It was so fascinating to me. All right, I'm, I'm a geek. That's crazy. I, I like that. Question. <laughs> I like that. Uh, twin, go ahead, man. You got the mic. I'm going to lower your hand. Yeah. What's up, Tanya? Hey, how are you? Long time, long time no here. Where time are no you see. in this photo? Ah, <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to have to switch the light on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm okay. not taking up time. But it looks peaceful, so peaceful back there in, in the <laughs> backdrop of your photo. <laughs> Yeah, because um, that's in Scotland. Oh that's my it, gosh! Let me see if I can get right. Hang on, hang on. Right, can you see me now? Yes. How are you? Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. I don't know where you are in the world. In Scotland, it's uh, um, about Scotland. like one o'clock. Yeah, yeah, it's in Scotland, same as Maz. So um, nice. Yep. Yeah, they be hanging tough. It's one a.m. Yeah. there. Yep, definitely. I, <laughs> I was just playing a video game, but anyway. Cut long story short and um, time's wasting. How do you actually feel about um, diversity in a way to be more inclusive into sports and making sure that all the younger generations, like even young girls, young boys, say, for example, I used to play badminton and I wanted to do that. But I had a coach who, uh, a PE teacher told me, stick to athletics because that's all you're good at. Mm. Right? And that cut me, that really cut me. But the only thing I did, I used to train myself, play against the wall, do all sorts of tricks. And when I did take part with a couple of friends, you know what they went and said? You should, you should do this, man. You should do this. You're good. So that's why I turned to my PE teacher and said, I want to do badminton. And that's when he turned me down. Nice. And I said, you know what? No. Nah. Mm. But how do you really feel for the sports like badminton, table tennis, to have more ethnical people to play you know, and be more representative that field because at the end of the day, we ain't seen no black guys playing badminton. We ain't seen no black guys playing table tennis. We ain't even seen no black guys, you know, partaking in any other individual sport apart from what they got, basketball, uh, track at least, uh, athletics and all that crap. We need to get more of those diversities into the other field of sport than just cricket and any other field. But I need to see any black um, futuristic badminton players and represent for the nation of other young future uh, talents like myself to definitely, you know, take part in that sport because it's one hell of a game. So how do you feel about that? Yeah. Mm. That was a good one. Well, you can mute yourself. I just want to tell you <clears throat> I, oh, I just want you for staying the course and not listening um, to whatever that person had to say about their own opinions, about what you should be doing, making a way out of no way by teaching yourself. Because oftentimes in our communities, that is what we are left up to doing. And I'm so happy um, that there are the Lewises that are starting to come along. There are the Venus and Serena Williams, LeBron James, um, you know, that are really starting to have the money to be able to, to reinvest in us as people. Um, but I, it all boils down to intent because without intention, yeah. none of it is really going to change. 
we have to be a part of it. We have to be part of this movement. And honestly, we have to really start taking a step further and like starting it. If we don't see it, we got to start it for ourselves. Oh. And once we start it for ourselves, then what's going to happen? They're going to see how great we really are. And they, they're really not going to deny us. I mean, look at, look at all, uh, all of these, what these drivers went through. Look at what Venus and Serena went through. Their whole family went through. Like mm-hmm. it was their dad. It was their dad that took them out there in in um Compton. Right. Out there dodging bullets, everything him do, Wolfpack, taking your daughter out there yourself. Right. Saying, look, I believe in you. We're gonna get this done. But it also helps to have people who who see this along the way. And that's where that's where it gets hard. That's where it gets tricky because when there's a whole demographic of people that are controlling a, a particular sport. It's like, gosh, how do you change the minds? But you can't deny greatness as much as you really want to, for whatever reasons you want to, you can't deny it. So I would say, brother, look, start a club. Put that stuff on TikTok, YouTube. We need to get some LeBron money. We need to get some Diddy money. We need to get some. <laughs> to do something, okay? Right. Right. Because, You're right about that. I mean, I know you're laughing. You no, know, that's you right. That's that. right, though. Look at my, when you looked at Miami and you saw, okay, first of all, let me shout out the Venus and Serena Williams because now they're basically part owner of the Miami Dolphins now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that goes into um, F1, too. All right. Mm. Um, and you look at Lewis Hamilton, like what he's doing. Um, with Mission 44. Yeah. We just have to mobilize. We have to get these kids out here. We have to, you know, try to get... Because nowadays, all that gatekeeping, we really have visibility now. Wolfpack and, and, and his YouTube, there's nobody that's going to shut his YouTube down because it's dope, because it's awesome, you know? And he has all of these people behind him. And that's what matters, and that's what counts. So listen, if you if you come up with a team, let me know. I'm shy, beautiful on Instagram, Apex right. Podcast. We have to lift each other up, and we have to shout each other out. And I'm trying to tell you, there's so much potential in our own community. And like I said, I live in Virginia Beach. Shout out to Pharrell Williams. He is so endeared here. That's big facts of the community y'all if we don't succeed as a community none of us gonna succeed facts that's a good one that's a good that was a good one twin and i will say something that uh in in a community depending on you know the stereotypes if you're not rapping you're playing ball or you know you're dope dealing and that unfortunately coming up a, a lot of access to or a lot of exposure to some of these other sports are very minimal if any at all and i know when i was coming up quarterback in the varsity JV. I had a friend, Sterling, and me and him were still good friends. And of course, you know, Sterling is white. I'm black. Sterling and his brother, you know, we stayed the night. We we did everything on the weekends together, me, Mike, Sterling. But that was a different side when I went over there compared to my environment. You know, that was it was like me experiencing a totally different world. You know, his family and the way they 
they had everybody at the house. It wasn't a lot of drama. It was if it was, it was different. A set bedtime. Parents are always there. It's not kids having to watch kids. And then they were like, you know what? You should play lacrosse. You could probably get a scholarship. And when I went back and talked about, hey, mom, they said I should probably play lacrosse. My mom was like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, like, what the hell is lacrosse? And you go to school talking about lacrosse. Right. Where I'm at school and where they at school is two totally different conversations. I go to school talking about like, do we got a lacrosse team? They laughing and shit at me. Like, man, go pad up, Perkins. Like, go pad up, bro. Like, we're not we're not having this conversation. Go pad up and, and get ready. Right. You start quarterback. You we don't have time for lacrosse talk. So it's a different, it's a different access and just a support of saying, hey, you know what? If you can be good, let's try you out. And that's one thing that I don't do with my daughter. Like if they want to try something, I'm saying, hey, okay, well, let's go for it. I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to give you the experience and let's see where you go with it. And that's the difference mm -hmm. in, in a lot of communities and a lot of upbringings. And we have to change that. We have to reshape and remold and rebuild that to say, open up the pathways and let them experience. I Meaning, You don't have no damn problem when they go into an ice cream shop saying you want to try every damn ice cream, go ahead. We need to do that same approach to life. If you want to try that, let's go for it. You want to go into chess? I don't care what people say about nerds or you're not, you know, it's it's boring. There's always something you want to do to the Bay Club? Let's do it, you know? So we have to be more supportive of things that are not the norm for people mm -hmm. of color to do or people coming out of certain communities to do period, whether you're white, black, or Hispanic, or whatever you are, you come out of a certain community, there's like this impression upon you that you're going to do one of these three things if you're going to get up out of here. And it's not true. It's not true. So yeah, that's a big shout out to you for that twin. Mary Beanie, you got the mic. I'm going to lower your hand. Thank you. Hey, well, I would just like to add that uh, here in the UK, there is several women fighter pilots. I was wanting to get that in, but there is several. There are several, yeah. Uh, my my thing was, I've watched F one since nineteen seventy eight. The thing is, F one right now is stagnant. It will not change until the old guard, i.e., the board that's still connected to the Poison Dwarf, which is Eccleston, is removed. Mm -hmm. New guard come in fresh perspective, and then women in general, doesn't matter what colour you are, women in general will have a chance to get an A1. Until then, I think they're just going to be there. I still don't believe in the A1 Academy. I think it's just a show, just like a We Races one. And mm. we know how that turned out. Mm. So I I know I've just I know Susie's like running the Apple Academy, but I just don't trust the FIA in general. Is this another like oh we'll just hit this this'll shut everybody up in the meantime? Just like we race this one. No. Uh, my philosophy was oh, so we're racing against one thing. You know, it was the same as mm. like that look, that that thing with the hood about Lucy's nose piece—he's <laughs> had that in for years, man, and that has been in practice for years. But yet, they only decide to bring it up years later. And Lewis is the only driver I know that has been tested for drugs straight after a race. I never heard the Schumacher getting it done. I never heard the Vettel getting it done. It's only been less. And Max has never had it done. Orlando. 
So they're just, they're putting like, you go there, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But when it comes to Lewis, totally different. It's like, how can we, how can we just make things that much more difficult for him? I feel like he he's, tries. I, I believe, I mean, I know the arm because I was at that race, the last race in 21, and it still affects me to this day. I can imagine that Lewis replays that in his head just like me, and I, I see it. I always remember the bit where I knew Lewis was going to get screwed. So as Latifi done this supposed crash, well, I knew Lewis was done then. I knew they had him. I knew, you know, it's just like women can do just as good, not or even better than men. Doesn't matter what it is. Women have got the attitude, right? Oh, that's that's there. Let's have a go. We have a go. And if we don't do it, then we try again. But yeah, women should be equal, and I believe that there should be women in F1. I wanted to see mm-hmm. it years ago, but I knew it wouldn't happen under Bernie. But, I mean, he had the brilliant ideas, like, going to put a sprinkler on every track. In the middle of a track, put a sprinkler on every track. But I'm waiting for Kyle Emmy. I remember Kyle Emmy for yes. years ago. It was a brilliant track. It was one of the good tracks. Vegas years ago, didn't like it. Didn't like it when it was an F1 years ago. Did not like it. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But sorry, Jim, I'm rambling. Sorry. Uh, my question to you is Princess George has got to go. I'm sorry. He has got to go. I was done. <laughs> you with said him. Princess George? Princess Russell. George. No, yeah. Um, dumb yeah, he's uh, not a team player, not a team player. <laughs> so, your, um, so, what's your question? The time you said, yeah. Princess, Princess George, go or not? Should Princess George, uh, Princess George, Princess George, should he go? My opinion, yes, and they should use their noggin and bring back Valtteri. <laughs> All right, appreciate it, Mary. <laughs> so, so, Mary's question to you, Tanya, is. Should Princess Princess George go, and should they bring back Valtteri? Valtteri, I don't see. I don't think that the issue is George. I think the issue is the performance of these cars. I don't think that Lewis, like either way, um, really cares as a performing um, machinery underneath him. So. It doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't matter to me if, if George, well, okay. Well, I, I guess I'm a bit biased because I like George. Okay. I was about to get you. I was going to say, Tanya, <laughs> you like, need to stop like capping. George. It sounds like you like George. I do like George. I okay. like George, but I, I like Valtteri too. I just don't want to see his bum anymore. I'm done seeing his bum. I, I'll say this, like, if you don't mind me saying, I'll say this. I totally uh, understand. Right, right, right. But you know, that's a okay, 70s butt cheeks thing. You know what I'm saying? And there's a there's a market for that. 
right. The seventies tan thing, <laughs> butt cheeks is the thing, you know, when you got to just the, this, you can see like you still got your shorts on. So I'm just saying like yeah. Valtteri is hitting on that old, that old cylinder. You feel me? <laughs> You're going after a different market. <laughs> so I'm going to say this. Yes. I think I fully understand the way people are feeling about George because of the things he said and his mannerism since he's been far removed from his quote unquote super name, Mr. Top Five. I think there has been a shift in his personality and his his public speaking now that he is not being Mr. Top Five and he's met some adversity and the car maybe has been developed in a way that he hasn't been able to to grow accustomed to as of yet, you know, a similar situation we could say about Perez when we talk about George. And I think there has been some statements or some comments that he's made that have been kind of slightish towards Lewis. I think the support or the statement he made, they almost seemed counterproductive to Lewis getting a podium and almost seemed like he would have more favored had Oscar P. Ashley got the podium. I think Russell has rubbed plenty of Mercedes supporters are fans the wrong way and i think that's why mary feels that way but i will also say that the callback for Valtteri may not be as productive as some may think there is no there is no longevity there they already know what Valtteri will offer and right now mercedes is in a position where they have to get ready to plan for their succession Lewis Hamilton, yeah, the future. but the future, Lewis Hamilton, surely mm -hmm. I'm going to say maybe in the next five years will be moving on to other levels of his life. Like I, I can't even say, I can't say Lewis will be just leaving and be retired because somebody like Lewis is always in something and elevating. And Lewis has set himself up through the course of his career to be pretty much almost as big, if not bigger than the sport of Formula One and known in many different rooms and corners of the world as far as what he's done, not only as an entrepreneur, as an athlete, as an icon in fashion, now in the movie industry, somebody like Lewis Hamilton, you don't even use retire. He's moving into a different level of his life and they have to prepare for that. So, do you really take Valtteri as like your season driver and bring Russell in? Or do you bring Russell in and you hope during that five-year course that Lewis may be around that you can snag another nice talent, if not in Mick, in somebody else up and coming? And I think Mercedes has to play that game as well as be marginally very supportive of the seven-time world champion that they indeed owe an eighth world championship to. And bringing Valtteri does not put them in that situation. You let George go to another team and likely he's he should have been your successor because he's very competitive. I do like the way Russell drives against Max, and you're going to need that when Lewis is gone. You're going to need somebody that's going to stand up to Max. And and I, I will say this. I think Russell would do it a bit more aggressive than Lewis Hamilton does it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I think, Lew, I think Russell will do it a bit more aggressive than Lewis Hamilton does it. And I think we've seen that in evidence. Now, I thought we can go to the Silverstone situation, but I think – even in times we've seen Russell drive against Max, Max don't like it. Even in a non-competitive car, Max is like, this is some bullshit. He even called him a dick right there. He called him a dick because he was like, well, you know, you you know, he just, you're an asshole. Russell gets his elbows out. Facts. Like, come on. Facts. That, like, Valtteri bodice, and Marie got off the car. Okay, we all remember that, right? Fact. Yeah, he's like, what the <laughs> 
I'm not condoning it, like, yo, uh, but I'm just saying he's got like, that fire key, to him that they're going to need. I get it. Like, all right. Like, low-key, Russell's a little gangster. We already know. He's, he's, right. he's, he's a little gangster. Just a little bit. Um, But you know that right, I'm going to take it to drive survive. Y'all better not come for me in the comments. You good. But they even say that and they said it. They were like, look, we need to look for the, well, who, well, who and what is the future of Mercedes? And then, like, let's not talk about that drive when Lewis had COVID and what happened between George and Valtteri. Mm. I think that kind of sealed the deal right then and there. Um, and right. then, you know, Total Wolf, he managed George right. Russell. So they have a very deep, deep, deep connection. Right. It was a very key connection there. It was inevitable. That was going to happen inevitably that Toto was going to bring George in. Facts. So that was going to happen. Tanya, I think she's back. All right, hold on, Tanya. Will yeah. got a question for you. He's been had his hand up. Will, I'm going to lower your hand on mute Aww, yourself. Hey, Will. Patrick, hey, you gonna, Patrick you, you'll close us out with your question, bro. Go ahead, Will. All right. So I just wanted to also just highlight a little bit of the Virginia Beach uh, talk we were talking about before with uh, with Pharrell down there, you know, Pusha T also down there in Virginia Beach. You got, uh, you know, Missy, Leah, all them, Timberland and and rest in peace, Magoo, who just passed away a couple rest days ago. Peace, Magoo, 50 years yes. old. That's pretty young to, to to pass away and all that. But those are all, you know, people down there from that Virginia Beach, Hampton area. So just wanted to highlight that. And so a question was this. Um, I noticed that through the on your podcast, you did an interview with uh, Stephanie Travers. And again, for people that don't know who Stephanie Travers is, she was the first black woman to be on a, a Formula One podium when Lewis um, won, I think it was in uh, 2020, the Styrian Grand Prix. And she was also used to be their uh, fluid trackside engineer for Petronas. Yeah. And now most recently is uh, now the deputy team principal for Lewis's team, X44, Abita Carbon Racing which again is groundbreaking and trailblazing. So my, my question to you is this, um, what would you like to see as far as, we see what Lewis's initiatives are, whether it's Mission 44, um, starting up with Accelerate 25, which really was again, piggybacked on Mission 44, uh, which is what Mercedes is doing. Um, with all the stuff that he's doing with uh, STEM uh, with STEM uh, programs and things like that, with like the um, Academy out in the UK, uh, bringing in people through uh, Petronas as well. What would you like to see moving forward uh, in the future as far as uh, the initiatives that he's doing? Um, I want to just uh, end it on the fact that we all have been seeing what's going on with the uh, uh, contract negotiations. And we talked about it a little bit on the F1 Minute as well yesterday. And I do believe that if he can at least secure maybe like a year or two year contract and then work some certain things into his contract that allows him to have some more um I guess some leeway to do certain things within the Mercedes um, ecosystem to allow these things to continue to grow. I think that's why he, again, continues to stick with Mercedes. It's not always about the championships, the wins, the records. I think he knows that he can do a lot of those things that he likes to do outside of Formula One to get inclusion and um, equality into the sport and into just other areas as well. So my, my question again is, uh, what would you like to see him uh, doing moving forward, whether it's tied to this contract or sticking with Mercedes to continue to grow uh, Mission 44? Mm. All right. Appreciate well, it. Well, thank you. Thank you for shouting Stephanie Travers out. She is one of my favorites. Thank you for listening to our podcast as well. Um, 
I what I would like to see, I think, is are they going to give him equity? Because I think that that is probably something because that's absolute. Like when you give somebody equity, that's absolute. So that's basically them furthering their relationship with Lewis and solidifying it even more than the Accelerate program, than supporting um, the um, Mission 44. Um, Further expansion throughout the world, I know that's going to take a long time, though. I do understand that because, um, guys, I'm sitting up here with the Hamilton Commission right here. I told y'all I'm a geek and I'm a nerd. I don't care. But yeah. I, I was reading it today, you know, kind of preparing for what we were going to, it's time we were on, on, online with Wolfpack. And Those statistics crazy, ain't they? Very. And um, I would like to see further expansion. Um, and then also him receiving some sort of equity in Mercedes, the Formula One team, or possibly being able to start his own mm-hmm. um, and be able to start his own Formula One team. Wishful thinking, but if it happens, you heard it here first. Right. Um, and what else did I, what, I, I was going to say something else, Will. I really was. So you got equity. You got, what's happening? That's <laughs> what I said. Always there. That's what I'm saying. Always family. So you got, you got equity. You got uh, X44, possibly his own team. All right. So there had to be a third one or something else you were going to add in there. As far as that. So you got equity. So mean stock financial investment within Lewis, letting him be at the table, right? Be at the table. So what was the third one? Cause it gotta be a third key in there. Um, gosh, there was, but I'm gonna blame Jordan. He distracted me cause he's so dang cute. Um, that's my, that's my eight year old y'all. <laughs> but, um, there was something else that I really, really wanted to add, but it'll probably come to me by the, by the end of this talk. So, okay. um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll let we'll let Patrick it. get in. And then if it comes to you, you could just add it in on that. Patrick, go ahead, bro. Okay. You're going to backdoor us right there. I'm going to lower your hand. I'll mute yourself. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting in what we all have seen. But um, skip aside to what we also got to bring in is Helmet Marco. <laughs> yeah, twin. Yeah. It's also yeah. in the circle as well. Because do you agree what he actually said of a certain team like Alpine should really sell their team. And uh, what do you really think of um, teams having double teams instead of actually following the rules and regulations and cannot set an example by actually saying what they are saying wrongly? So my question is to you on that, Tonya. How do you feel about that? And do you think Helmut Marker is right or is he damn well wrong? Mm, appreciate that, Tonya. Oh, we both probably gonna go in on that one. You're gonna have a double answer. Go ahead, go ahead, Tanya. I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you, twin. Go ahead. Tanya, oh what God. you got? Where do I where do I start with Helen Marco? <laughs> so I just want to make sure that I get your question clear. And thank you for asking it. So you're talking about double teams? Yeah. He's talking yeah, about how you feel yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. type thing. Right. Yep. And then he has something to say about you said Alpine? Yeah, so basically yeah. Helmut Marco suggested that if Andretti want into the sport, then he should be able to purchase Alpine due to their situation. And we here had talked about that before. And I feel like if Helmut Marco, you need to stay in your own damn yard, maybe you should split your teams 
and sell Alvatari because they're underperforming according to Alpine, even with all their trouble. So how do you feel also about Red Bull having an unfair advantage with four drivers, four cars, two teams on the grid, while every other competitor have one, two cars, two drivers? I got you, Twin. Got, yeah. Um, and that's what I thought you said. I just wanted to make sure before I, I comment. Um, so no, I do feel the same way. I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying to be very nice and tactful about what I think about him and Marco, Marco mm. came and say his name correctly. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I just think like the whole, just Red Bull culture. And I, I really think that he does. He really does need to stay in his own lane. I think that that's just another ploy. It's like, how are you going to put stipulations on what Andretti can but You over here breaking cost cap rules and all this other stuff. Like, it's like, golly, stop throwing stones and you live in a glass house. That's and your house is breaking. Like, that. that is the part that just really, really makes me upset. They want to dictate. Dictate at the end of that race. Oh, and that still gets on my nerves. When Christian Horner came on, the 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 speaker, well, the 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 headset, and he was telling Michael Massey, you know, come on, all I need is one more lap. All I need is one more lap. And then, you know, Toad Wolf like reinstate that last lap, and he said, we went racing. It was motor racing. Like, yo, it's just let's just. First of all, they need to get rid of AlphaTauri, which I think they are, right? Aren't they rebranding? No, nah, not really. Because, like, you know, okay, next season, they're supposed scattered. to get a bunch of the RB19 parts. Oh, hell no. Nah. Um, <laughs> so, no, right. that's that. They're basically they're basically staying like two feet in, doubling down at that point. Right. Um, so, man, hell no. I don't agree with it. Um, and I feel like they, like, Red Bull's, anything that they want to do and it's just like they get a slap on the wrist if they make Mm. a mistake they get a slap on the wrist if they do something intentionally and they say it's a mistake like i'm just so over that but you know what though i think that a lot of people are because they everyone's seeing what what happened what's happening whether you're a mercedes fan or not you're like golly why do they get away with everything i'm still like low-key upset and i'm just gonna say this on your show too as many times as Red Bull challenged Mercedes' car when it was when it was oh. a rocket ship, how come no one has challenged the Red Bull car? Not one one time. Like a chip of paint, a chip of paint. Right. For 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 the 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 DRS system like opening up like that. What is that? One like point three point zero three. Millimeters, okay, and I know all about millimeters, all right, because I'm a dental hygienist in this house. I was about to say, you know, all about them small increments, okay, but that is a chip of paint. Mercedes got penalized. You're trying to tell me Red Bull does not have that one chip of paint anywhere, and I'm using that figuratively, right? Chip of paint, I got a couple chips of paint that's going on with that car, and nobody wants to challenge them. What's up, Total Wolf? I'm just really upset about. So I, feel you. I, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, and I'll add to that because I think it was hella egregious when they allowed Red Bull to participate in making a standard in order to test Mercedes's car and then give Lewis Hamilton a, a penalty for a wing that Max Verstappen fondled. 
Like it, it, it's been, it was really egregious. You can go back and look at a lot of these examples and say, where are these same situations when it comes to Red Bull Damn. and a very, right? So yeah, it, it is egregious. It is egregious. So you know what? I'm going to give you, Queen, at this point in time, let these people know anything you got coming up, uh, what you're preparing for. I know I'm going to be in Coda. I know Tanya and I are supposed to get together. Apex, we're supposed to get together while I'm down there in Texas, so I definitely need to make we that happen. Will. So we'll, we'll have to photobomb some stuff up, but y'all stay tuned for that. And also, just let them know what you got coming up so they can come with you. You already know I'm going to put your links in the description. So, um, well, I'm going to be traveling to L.A. this week. You know, I'm going to be officially going to, to see what Snapchat looks like on the inside. Ooh. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, I do want to say... Uh, Wolfpack, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your platform and to be a part of your community, the Wolf's Den. I love it. I definitely love it here. Um, and you guys can follow me on Shy Beautiful Apex Takeover on Instagram. Um, Shy Beautiful One instead of the L One to represent Formula One on Snapchat. First, um, one thing that we didn't touch on. And I wish we would have was the the um, F1 Academy. You know, I really want to touch on that. You know what? I, I, I said I, was gonna, I wasn't going to do it this time because I feel mm -hmm. like that's something that me and you are going to go in on a uh, podcast. It's just going to be me and you. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say right. I'm going to say that for me and you to do a podcast together uh, on the performance talk. So I got you. Yeah, we're going to we're going to go in on that together. So it's just going to be me and you. Information. Look, right. I highlighted. I circled. We gonna have right. So, so I purposely that. I purposely moved. Out. I said I want to do a podcast where it's just me and you and we're going to go in on performance uh -huh. talk on that whole F1 Academy thing. So trust me, sis, I got you. Great. Coming up, I will be in Coda. Plan to be in Las Vegas. Um. And I cannot wait to see you and Coda. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to do it up big. Uh, yeah. You already, you already know how I get down. You see my Instagram when I go to the GPs. You know, yeah. I, I try to be any and everywhere, but nowhere. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Well, hey, fam, I appreciate Tony for giving us some time for you coming. You know, you always welcome your fam. Everybody that poured in tonight, especially my people across the pond, is well into the next day for you all. Mary. Patrick, like Blue Diva being up in here doing what she does for real. Everybody that pulls in, I really do appreciate it. This is what it's for. I do my best to try to include you all in conversations because I don't feel like enough content creators take the time to. And I think some of them are so, so guarded that they don't want to give you all the opportunity to be part of the conversation. And uh, I've been told that that's probably my part of my downfall is that I include you all too much. And if that's what it's going to be, then I'm going to go down with all y'all and we're going to be Aww. together at the bottom of the seat. I'm not going to change who I am to 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 be something I'm not in order for people to accept me. And, and there are plenty of opportunities that I've not taken part in because I'm not going to change. You know, they want me to tone down here. They want me to do this. And if you can't take me who I am, then I really didn't make it anyway. So if I either I'm going to make it who I make it how I am or I'm not going to make it at all. So we're going to keep pumping and dumping and do what we got to do. All right. So big shout out to everybody. That's Love another it. Wolves Den. If you're not in, it's because you're not in. It's because you're not VIP. The fam is up in here. Consider joining <laughs> the family so you can be part of the conversation. Be more than just a spot holder. Be part of a fam. All right. We'll see y'all soon. We up out of here. That's another Wolves Den. We out. Thanks for watching another episode of Wolfpack Performance. Don't forget to check out some of my other content on Formula One and motorsports topics. Like, share, subscribe, and we go live on the weekends. See you soon.